Welcome to Birds Love You with my daddy and with my uncle Bud. going on everybody welcome back to booth review as always i am your resident cheesehead devin primrose joined by my brother from another mother mr blake ivy what is going on man not much man uh just you know another week it was a good week we're getting closer to christmas which is uh exciting around our house getting the the kids are super pumped and and you know me getting pumped for for the kids you know like I, i'm really excited for for christmas it's a time of the year filled with running to stores <laughs> and uh you know getting last minute things and, and, and getting new pants from old navy getting new old navy pants i got some new pants today so you know that's a good day new pants day hashtag new pants day let's hear that um, <laughs> so yeah man how about you how are things going with you oh man I've had you had a, a, a long work day today. I've had one heck of a day. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? No, I've never even heard of that movie. So it, I will say this first off: it's it's not like it's not a good movie, but it is a hilarious movie. Um, okay, it's like a it's like a comedic spoof of a horror movie, but not like in a stupid way, like a scary movie. It's it's really good, but. <laughs> there's a there's a quote from that movie that I quote all the time that the two main characters are explaining their rough day to a cop and they say we have had a doozy of a day and that that's how I feel today <laughs> I feel like I've had a doozy yeah. of a day it is it's been something but I'm here we're talking football doing some stuff that I actually enjoy and there you go I'm much better now than I was I don't know like two hours ago. So things things are moving in the right direction. But yeah, we're we're quickly approaching quickly approaching Christmas. Want to go ahead and say happy holidays to everybody that's listening. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever you're celebrating this year. Hope you're Festivus. En- hope you're enjoying it. Yeah, Festivus. Hope you're enjoying it with friends and family <laughs> and it's a good one for you. December, man. December football is fantastic. We're, hey. we're, we're getting into it. 4 weeks left. Man, and it is tight. Like that's what's man, listen. We I know I know Arthur Smith is not going to win coach of the year, but that dude deserves some props. Yeah. Because what he has done with this Falcons team that is devoid of talent is pretty impressive. Uh this is that's what they they keep saying it's like the Falcons are playing meaningful football in December, which yeah. it's like this is a good feeling. I mean, now don't get me wrong, nobody in Atlanta, not even Matt Ryan, I think, would it has us on like upset Super Bowl watch, right? Like nobody nobody's thinking we have a legit shot to win it all this year. But yeah. I mean, he is getting a, a a lot of performance with not a lot of talent. So it's been fun to watch on on the games that they have performed well. But yeah, I mean it it's crazy that that they're sitting at six and seven and they are firmly in a wild card spot hunt. Yeah. In the um, in the hunt. Which is I mean there's to be fair, there's like five other teams with them in the hunt. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and on the other side, you've got the AFC that if you if you're a seven win team, you you're I mean, almost a lock for for a wild card spot. So so you've got you've got these teams that are not necessarily that have had missteps pretty significant. I mean, if you're a six loss team at this point of the year, you're just over five hundred or just under five hundred in the AFC or in the NFC. 
And you've got a legit shot to to make the playoffs. And honestly, some of those teams have a legit shot to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I mean, I would argue that some of these seven-win teams, like the Colts, the Colts are sitting at, at seven and six, and they're the five seed. And and I think that they're legit Super Bowl contenders. I, I think that if the Vikings could actually put together consistency, that's a team that could, could make some noise in the playoffs and potentially would be looking at a Super Bowl. The Niners, nah. the Niners too. I mean, in my opinion, yeah. I think I think I'm I'm more high on the Niners than you are. But right, the Niners had that big win over over Cincinnati this weekend, where they looked dominant for most of that game. Uh, and that yeah. offense, the offense is getting healthy, things are clicking. I mean, this is a team that I think I think that the big dogs in the NFC can clearly hold their own against San Francisco. But yeah, it's a team that could could be sneaky come January. I mean, the Browns at seven wins, they're, yep. I mean, that that's a team that could win a Super Bowl. Potentially. Potentially, yeah. At the Bengals. I, I have every every ounce of belief that the Bengals and the Bills, both with seven wins, could actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, it's just, it's crazy to me that we're, we're entering into week 15, and there are 26 teams out of 32 that are either in a playoff spot or one game out of a playoff spot. Yeah. I don't remember that ever like I That's crazy. I don't remember that, that ever happening. We do have an extra playoff spot this year though. So true, like that factors true. into it is like because sure. there is that extra playoff spot, you do have some teams that it's like, oh man. But same, even there's a chance. Even if you take away that extra playoff spot in the AFC, it wouldn't change anything because six and seven are both sitting at seven and six. And then in yeah. the NFC, all the games that would, all the teams that would be one game out, it's two games out, right? Because the, the Niners sit in the sixth seed at seven and six. But yeah. still, I mean, and like you know, like like you said about the Falcons. Honestly, these teams that are still quote unquote in the hunt, they're not really in the hunt. I mean, if we're being <laughs> honest, like yeah. they they might the Falcons... they might get into the playoffs, but they're not going to do anything once they get there. Probably. I don't see the Falcons or the Saints or the the football team I'm trying to look at other NFC teams or the that Eagles. are like threats there. The Eagles or the Niners, like I don't I don't see any of those teams uh, being legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Could they could they sneak a game away from somebody in the first round? Absolutely, because I mean, like we've said, this is a year where anybody can beat anybody. In reality, sitting right now, um, well, I guess technically. Uh, the Bucks would have a bye, but the Bucks are sitting at one. Washington sitting at seven, and Washington beat the Bucks. So like, yeah, it's yeah. it's a you know this is a year that once you get to the playoffs, it really could. There's no telling, um, who who could do this. But anyway, it's been a fun season for sure. I like the extra game that they added, um, and the extra playoff spot. It has made for some some more exciting football in in December for some teams that that normally it would have been like. Oh man, it's a long shot for the Falcons to make a Super Bowl, and now yeah. it's like, hey, you know, if we win three of our last four, we're in the playoffs, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and so, what's crazy is like, whenever they introduced the the seventh, you know, the seventh seed, the extra wild card, reduced the first round by to one team. I did not like the idea of expanding the playoffs because I, my thing is, I don't want to get to a point to where it's like the NBA. Or the NHL, yeah. where like the the regular season doesn't matter because over right. over half the teams get in, and so I was I was very much against expand expanding the playoffs. I liked the the format that they had, but I will say that I think I've 
changed my stance on that because that seventh seed makes things way more interesting uh, down yeah. down the stretch. So I'm I'm here for it, and and I do like the idea of only one team getting a, a first round buy like that. Yeah, that that, is, that makes like it that, that makes the push for the 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 first seed like that much better. Yeah. Well, let's get into it, man. Who, who do you have for your, uh, your best of the booth? Best of the booth. This week, uh, my best of the booth goes to Dalvin Cook. Look, I I picked the Steelers. I picked against the Vikings because of Dalvin Cook. I said, this is a Vikings team that I don't think can really win games without Dalvin. They lost the Lions. Um, they almost lost the Lions earlier in the year. I was like, there's no way they lose to the Steelers without Dalvin Cook. Then here we sit right before the game, and it's like, surprise, Dalvin's back. And I was like, are you kidding me? I felt like, uh, I don't remember his name, but the dad from Alvin and Chipmunks. What's his name? Anybody know? Nobody knows? I don't, I don't think I don't remember. <laughs> he might not even have a name. The dad from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And I, I was watching that game because I had picked the Steelers. I'm watching that game just going, Dalvin! <laughs> like, I was furious. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> But Dalvin Cook has to be my best of the booth. He had a fantastic game. He had 205 yards, which is the most rushing yards in a game this season. Unbelievable that he topped Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry for that title. 205 yards, two touchdowns. I honestly, watching that game, I don't think I was the only one surprised that Dalvin Cook was playing. It looked like the Steelers did not think that Dalvin Cook was playing. They were not playing him. They, It's almost like they came in with my exact game plan, which I said was, you know what? Beat us with Alexander Madison. Did I get his right name that, right, that yep, time? Yeah, All you right. got it. Uh, <laughs> beat us. Go ahead. Beat us with Alexander Madison. And it's like Coach Tomlin just didn't even adjust it, and he was like, man, Dalvin's hurt. Let's see if they could beat us with injured Dalvin. And Dalvin said, deal. Got it. 205 yards. He had 17 yards receiving, so he had 222 yards himself, which is second uh, yards from scrimmage in the league, rushing rushing and receiving combined, second to Derrick Henry's 237-yard performance back in Week 2. Um, but, I mean, hats off to Dalvin Cook. Anytime you rush for over 200 yards, that's an unbelievable day. Um, and I, I think, you know, for him to have just – come back from dislocating his shoulder to do that was pretty, pretty unreal. So uh, my best of the booth has to go out to Dalvin Cook. Uh, I have him in my in, in our fantasy league, and uh, he was a monster. So thanks, thanks Dalvin. Uh, thanks for ruining my pick and winning me this week's fantasy game. Uh, let's hope you continue to do that as we enter into the fantasy playoffs next week. But, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook is my best of the booth for week 14. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Who you got for your best of the booth? Well, or are your thoughts on Dalvin? I guess don't don't mind me if I don't root for Dalvin to have a repeat performance next week because you're facing me in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So well. so it's it's gonna be on, man. It's gonna be on. But yeah, hey, I, mean, I might he, not be able to beat you in picks, but I can beat you in fantasy. <sighs> I am a historically poor playoff performing <laughs> fantasy player. So I'm, I'm I'm the Peyton Manning of fantasy football. I do great in the regular Tony, season and then Tony do Romo. terrible. Oh, that's a better example. Do great in the yes. regular season and then do terrible in fantasy uh, the, the playoffs. Never yes. won a fantasy championship, but that should be that should be your team name. If you don't win one this year, you should just change your fantasy team name to the Romos. 
<laughs> I might. I might. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dalvin, uh, there's nothing to say here. Dalvin was amazing. Yeah. He was lights out. Um, absolutely helped this team. Uh, it is it is crazy to me that, like you said, that the Steelers didn't change their game plan at all once the news was announced. And maybe, like, I don't I feel like your your players should be good enough to where they can adjust to things on the fly like that. But I I don't know. Maybe the coaching staff didn't have enough faith to where they, they, they could they could do it. I don't know. In fairness, they did lose TJ Watt early true, in the first quarter true. of that game. Yeah, and, and so like when you lose the defensive player of the year, like your defense is gonna struggle. Right. Which is what happened. I mean, that's that's Minnesota jumped out to a lead and then Ben Roethlisberger turned into Ben Roethlisberger of 2006 and he was unbelievable yep. in the second half. Like that that last pass he threw, uh, I don't remember the tight end's name who dropped the pass in the end zone. I I've never seen there is not a better throw that I've ever seen in Spot the NFL than the on. throw that he he threw in between two defenders to where the guy if all he had done, all he had to do was hold on to the ball, which I mean he's getting karate chopped from both sides by the most elite ninjas in the NFL. You've got these two safeties coming from each side smashing into him. So it's, it's hard to, to be like, come on, hang on to that. Yeah. But like, uh, I was a little bit like, come on, hang on to that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great game. It was really, I had, I had given up hope and then I checked the score later and I was like, wait a second and turned it back on to watch Ben Roethlisberger be elite. Yeah. I was going to say like, we got to give some credit to the, to the Steelers for putting themselves back in that game, putting themselves in a position to, to tie it up. Um, I mean, if, if, if the tight end holds onto that ball, you know, they have a chance at two points, they get that could be heading to overtime, which, which would have, I mean, would have made a great game even better. I mean, but, that happened in several games this week. Yep. The the Ravens, the Ravens came back to do that. Um, who else? The, the Washington, the, yep. the football team almost did it. The Bengals, um, the Bengals came back and the Niners. The Bengals came back. The Bills, the Bills came back and forced yeah. overtime, and then um, the Cardinals last night. They yep. they recovered an onside kick. I mean, yeah. that was. It was a great week, almost a great week for comeback stories. Well, I think uh, I think that really uh, is like week. I think that really is a testament to what we were saying earlier about how evenly matched it is, pretty much across the board. I would say there's I would yeah. say there's probably like six standout teams that that are probably like the true true contenders, but even them, I mean, even like they can have a slip up against against these these teams that we might be overlooking. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's just a heck of a season, a really really good season. Yeah. But my my best of the booth this week goes out to the reigning MVP, the King of the North, Mister Aaron Rodgers. That that's fair. Listen, that's fair. Chicago. He told you earlier. He still owns you. He still owns you. <laughs> uh, he was in prime form. In prime time on Sunday Night Football, despite the massive amount of blunders committed by Green Bay special teams, which I almost put as my under review because the special teams Ooh. was garbage. They uh, were real bad. Rodgers still led them to a 45-30 win over their division rival. He went 29 of 37 for 341 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, for a sparkling 141.1 passer rating, 
the highest of the weekend. That's crazy. Uh, it was his third four touchdown zero pick game this year. What's most impressive to me is that Chicago actually surprised. I was a bit surprised by this when I was doing the research, but Chicago actually has one of the better pass defenses in the league. Going oh, yeah. going into Sunday, they were only allowing just under 208 yards a game through the air, which was sixth in the league, and less than two passing touchdowns a game. Rodgers went out there and said, nay, nay, I got this. Nay, nay. Uh, and, and proved that he's clearly still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That team should pay him whatever he wants to keep him around. Ooh. There's no reason that Aaron Rodgers should be playing in another uniform next season. I think he's proven that. I mean, he proved it last year winning MVP. He's proven that again this year. I think that that front office is crazy if they're trying to move on from him. Uh, and part of that is coming from my biased Packers side. And the other part is coming from a football fan that genuinely enjoys watching football, enjoys watching this man in Green Bay, and it would look weird if he's in any other uniform. But Oh, I, I'm, I'm not a Packers fan. I'm, if anything, I, uh, I'm, very, I'm very reluctant to the Packers because of their history with the Falcons and the heartbreak that is there, other than the last time we met in the playoffs, which was turned yeah. was was fantastic love that um yeah i think it would be weird to watch aaron Rodgers in another in another uniform i i think that green bay now how much money he's gonna want is gonna be tough to to agree to because of his age yeah, but maybe. i mean he doesn't he doesn't show signs of slowing down um i feel like the aaron Rodgers saga is more him wanting out because of how garbage of an organization the Packers it is yeah can be I'm not saying always are but can be um and and, and yeah. how they, and how they've treated him over the years uh, right when it comes to any kind of major decision that needs to be made yeah yeah absolutely so yeah that's what that's why I see I don't necessarily think it's like a hey they're not gonna pay him as much as a he's like hey uh I wonder what it would be like for me to go play for the Panthers and go win a Super Bowl there because um, that dude could walk into Carolina and that would be a Super Bowl champion team. There's just pretty like, quick to me. There's such a domino effect if you let this guy walk. If you let him leave yeah. and go to another team, you're losing Devonte Adams because Devonte Adams is a free agent yeah. after this season. He's not signing with you if 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 his quarterback ain't there. He's not doing it, and so yeah, you're going to lose arguably the best quarterback in football, top three at least. Probably the best wide receiver in football in Devontae Adams. And I would agree with that. And you're going to enter full blown rebuild mode after going thirteen and three in the last two seasons with uh Matt LaFleur, going to the NFC championship in the last two seasons with with Matt LaFleur, literally being one game away from making a Super Bowl in back-to-back seasons, and they have a really good chance of going there again this season. And you're going to take all of that and say, "Nah, you know what? We're just—it's time for us to end a rebuild." I don't—I don't think that's a—I don't, don't think that's a smart move. I don't think that's no. wise. But you know, I—I I could be wrong. There's a reason why I'm not a NFL GM. So, <laughs> yeah, and 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 back to your uh, back to just the the this week yeah. uh, impact of it all. Yeah, I mean that's. That's an unbelievable performance. Twenty nine for thirty seven. Like, holy cow! What a yep. what a game. He's playing as efficient as he ever has. I mean, I really think that. I mean, it would be hard to say that there is a better quarterback in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think I think shows... the only one that's played 
that you could arguably say has played better this year is Tom Brady, which yeah. is crazy that the two oldest quarterbacks in the league, well, Ben Roethlisberger is up there too, but two of the oldest right. quarterbacks in the league are playing the best out of anybody. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah, I saw the the graphic on Sunday. I don't remember which game it was talking about it, but it was the list was Peyton, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. And I was like, man, we've gotten so spoiled. Like, I don't think we I realized how good we've had it over the past decade with being able to watch truly some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play football playing at the same time yeah. is is pretty pretty unbelievable. But the future's and, the future's bright too. I mean there's a lot of lot of good young guys that I think that four or five years from now we could we could be saying the same thing. Like that we're so lucky to be able to see these guys all playing at the same time is is amazing. I mean potentially. But I mean there's been so much like backsliding from those guys. That's like true. Patrick That's Mahomes true. Has not looked unbelievable. Josh Allen. We were thinking that we were thinking it with Josh Allen. We've been thinking it with Joe Burrow, and he's had his share of struggles this year. You know, I've been saying it with Davis Mills, uh, and <laughs> um, I mean, like, I you know, Lamar Jackson not been playing well, not been playing fantastic. I mean, if you so, want, if you want to transition into under review, I can also name another young quarterback that hasn't been playing. I think that's a great, a great segue. Yeah, so one of the young quarterbacks that I've been hyping up for most of the year is Mr. Taylor Heineke. I have see I was I was thinking Baker Mayfield, I who mean, has also not been playing Baker, as we yeah, expected and hoped. Yeah. But yeah, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I've, sorry, I've didn't mean been, to cut you uh, off, but I've been the conductor of the Heine train for most of the season. And I feel like if I'm gonna, I think you've even worked in the the box office. So you've been selling tickets I mean, to the Heine listen, train I've, and then hopping on and conducting. I've been doing everything. One man show yep. over here. And I feel like if I'm going to praise maybe, him, maybe more than Taylor Heineke. If I'm going to praise him <laughs> when he plays well, I've got to criticize him when he plays poorly. And Sunday was awful. Now, in his defense, Washington's offense was banged up. They went into that game without starting tight end. Logan Thomas, and running back uh, McKissick. And they lost star wide receiver. Backup running back McKissick. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they lost star wide receiver Terry McLaurin early in the game to a concussion. But Heine was bad. 11 of 25 for 122 yards. He did have the one touchdown, but he had a pick, a fumble, and a, a QBR of 4.9. It was Ooh. bad. He got no help from his offensive line, taking four sacks. And while he's typically been able to lean on a strong run game, uh, Antonio Gibson was also a no-show, with only 36 yards on 10 carries and a fumble himself. Heineke was so bad that he was eventually benched in the fourth in favor of Kyle Allen, who, with the help of his defense, nearly brought Washington back. This was a huge division game where Washington could have cut the Dallas lead to only one game back. Instead, they widened the gap to three with only four games left to play, essentially handing the division to Dallas. And now they have to turn things around quick to make a run at the wild card, which, as we mentioned earlier, is 
quite a crowded field that they're contending with. I think that's my biggest gripe with with this pick. Like I I realized that Heine was missing a lot of key pieces on that offense. But when you go into a game in December that that you desperately need to win. You win this game, you're one game back in that division, you're very much still in the division race. And if you lose, you're pretty much out of the division race. I think that good quarterbacks find a way to win that game. Uh, or or at least find a way to keep their team in the game um throughout it. And Heidi didn't do that at all. I don't know. To me to me that's that's worthy of being under review. My argument comes that he was playing against the Dallas defense, right? Which but, is but if you're but if, unbelievable, if you're, if you're going to be a a playoff contending team and and want to be considered right up there with with those teams, you've got to go out there and you got you've got to perform. And I'm not even saying that I think that Washington is capable of. I do think Washington's capable of beating Dallas. Obviously, I picked them last week to win. But I I don't think they're capable of winning a Super Bowl this year. If they make the playoffs, right. I don't think they'll make a, a lot of noise. They they could sneak they could sneak out a first round win. Um, they nearly did it last year against Tampa Bay. But I think that I don't care who you're playing. If you want to be considered one of the top teams in the league, if you want to 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 truly contend for 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 a division, you've got to beat the good teams. And they they didn't even compete on Sunday with uh, Heineke under center. It It's hard for me because, so what's funny is I originally, when you told me this, I was like, this is, that's not fair. Like you can't depend on Taylor Heineke to win games. And then I looked and this is actually the second fewest pass attempts that he's had as a starter. He, he attempted way less passes than usual. Usually he's in like the forties. Like he's throwing high thirties, high forties, like, like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Joe Burrow, like a Tom Brady. Like this dude is slinging the ball. Yeah. And he was also benched though in the fourth quarter, like early in the fourth quarter. So you're talking about three quarters of play. And I think they were trying to establish the run a little bit, but they couldn't get anything going there with Antonio Gibson, which as they only had, they, you say they're trying to establish it. He only had ten rushes. Like, yeah, it, but they had Antonio Gibson. To me, is is one of the better running backs. I mean, I I, I would agree. put him. I agree. Definitely top top seven, but I might even put him in the top five. Um, and I don't know. It's just it's hard when your running back only gets like less than forty yards. Yeah, rushing on ten carries, and. You know, I know you said I know they benched him, but yeah, I mean, I I didn't I didn't know that they lost Terry McLaurin in the first quarter. That's that's unbelievably huge because especially without Logan Thomas on the field, you don't really have any other receiving threats. I mean, I think Terry McLaurin is is maybe top three wide receiver. Maybe top five wide receiver in football, Ooh, and so I I like McLaurin. I think that's being generous. I I would say top ten. I would. I mean, we we can agree on that for sure. Yeah, I think I think that a lot of Taylor Heineke's offense and productivity results from just throwing the ball to Terry McLaurin and letting him beat the corner that he's on or that's on him, which happens frequently. 
And so I think that him losing that, like that's a huge safety net to lose. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to put him under review because of the circumstances, which actually leads into my under review. If oh, you're ready man. to uh, to jump under, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're good. Go for it. So my under review, it, it's it's getting to me for for me as a, an analyst, it's getting harder and harder to pick an under review. Like best of the booth almost seems to like pick itself each week that it's like, Hey, we see these guys and they're having these unbelievable games. Yeah. But under reviews getting hard because to me, I'm looking for surprises and yeah, Taylor Heineke, honestly, this is, this is his worst game as a starter from completion percentage wise. Yeah. He was not good. But even even then, like like I just said, like all we have all of these reasons that it's like, well, we shouldn't be surprised. He's playing Dallas's defense without his number one receiving threat. Looking at, at the poor for performers this week, it's like it's hard to put Trevor Lawrence under review when no touchdowns and four picks is like what we've come to expect. Or even Justin Fields, that it's like he went, you know, through for like less fifty percent of his passes and and two picks. It's like, well, yeah, that's that's what we've come to expect. Even like. One of the other ones that I thought about was Panthers quarterbacks who threw two picks. I mean, when the Falcons' defense looks dominant, you've got a big problem. And But even then, that's not surprising. Like, we've been talking about Sham Darnold and Sham Newton all year. That it's like, these, are, these guys look like bums, and P.J. Walker doesn't look like any kind of solution either. Yeah, we need, we need XFL, P.J. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mentioned the the Steelers letting Dalvin Cook run for 205 yards, but you can't put them under review because they didn't have the defensive player of the year on the sidelines. So to me, under review is getting harder and harder because there's very clear and obvious reasons. It's like, well, yeah, this team was without this guy or, well, yeah, this this guy is bad. <laughs> like we should, we should expect bad from Trevor Lawrence at this point, like. If he comes out yeah. and throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns, we'll put him as best of the booth. Absolutely. <laughs> but there's no need to put him under review because his career is literally under review right, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so, like, for me, again, that whole rant is to say, like, it's just getting really hard because there's reasons for almost everything. At this point of the year, we're three-fourths the way through the season. Like, few things are surprising us at how bad they are. Um, at this point, you know, like if Justin Herbert has a bad week, it's like, well, yeah, he does that. Joe Burrow, if he has a bad week, it's like, yeah, he does that. Like uh, Josh Allen, he has bad weeks. They all do at this yeah. point of the year. Everybody not named. Well, even Tom Brady, Tom Brady has had zero touchdown two pick games. I mean, well, and, and I think everybody, I think that's kind of why I went with with Heine was the fact that like it wasn't just it wasn't just the worst game that he's had as a starter. It was the worst game he's had as a starter in a big moment. And so, like, the moment when he needed to step up and have a good game, he didn't. But, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, it's That's not... That's fair. Yeah. I went... So, all, all that to say, I don't I don't feel... I'm not that, like, passionate about my, my under-review because it's <laughs> like... I mean, you know, because, again, it's just... It's not that surprising. This one was surprising to me, though. And it's the... Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Like when we look at these games and we picked we picked the Bengals to beat the 49ers. I mean the 49ers, they got Jimmy Garoppolo. 
back there. Like, we're not impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, is he a guy that completes like 60 to 70% of his passes pretty much consistently? Begrudgingly, yes, we will admit that he does do that. Um, But he's not awesome. And so what happened is that the Bengals defense, they let Jimmy Garoppolo throw for 65% completion rating. They even sacked him five times. They sacked Jimmy Garoppolo five times, and he still threw for all, four yards short of 300, two touchdowns, and no picks. Like, how are you getting to a guy five times, and that's it? Like, you can't do anything else. You That's that's all you can do. Is I mean, it really looks like that's all their defense did is sack him five times and then poorly play run defense where, again, they allowed 100 rush yards to a team that doesn't even really have a running back. Not only that, but San Francisco scored 26 points, which is actually on par for their their season average. They score right at 25 points a game is, is the average. But then the Bengals, they usually only allow 22 points. If the Bengals had only allowed 22 points, they would have won this game. That's how it works. And they gave up 26 points to this mediocre San Francisco team. I mean, this is just, I don't know. It's... To me, it's a bad look from a team that their defense was on the rise. Like, we were talking about the Cincinnati Bengals defense at one point. We're like, okay, Bengals defense. Like, they yeah. look like they're putting it together. I don't know. It, it was just disappointing that it's like the 49ers should never look this good. I'm, they're just not that talented of, of an offense to be scoring 26 points and – Basically looking flawless is is really what it boils down to this week is that the Bengals almost did absolutely nothing to stop San Francisco. Yeah, I mean I my big disagreement with you on that is that I I do think that San Francisco's offense is good. Um I think they've had struggles this year primarily due to uh injuries. But I think there's a lot of talent there. I don't think Garoppolo's a great quarterback. Is he a good quarterback? I can get on board with that. I think I think that I would say talent-wise, he's probably maybe a step or two above Taylor Heineke, in my opinion. And I I love Taylor Heineke, so I th- I think Garoppolo's can he can he lead a team? Sure. You have George Kittle, who had a monster game, went off for 151 yards. George Kittle's arguably top two tight end in the league. It's him and it's him and Kelsey. Um, yeah. Debo had had a solid game, not not great, but 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 solid at. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, not a bad receiver, did did good. I mean, this offense isn't this offense isn't terrible, but it was definitely Cincinnati's defense that lost them the game. There was opportunities late in that game to stop San Francisco, and they couldn't. And Cincinnati's offense did everything they could do. I mean, Joe Burrow threw for almost three hundred fifty yards, almost yeah. three hundred fifty yards, two touchdowns, uh, and and they still couldn't get it done. T. Higgins went off for one hundred fourteen yards uh, receiving. Jamar Chase looks like he looked like he might be back. Seventy-seven yards, yeah. two TDs. I mean, it, it was a great performance by the Cincinnati offense. But yeah, the defense definitely let him down. And I think this is a good pick because this is what I was talking about in in games that mean something. This is a meaningful game for both these teams. Both these teams need wins. They need to they need to keep their 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 playoff hunt alive. And Cincinnati's defense crumbled. They crumbled in in the big moment, and they couldn't get it done. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. This it's a good pick. And and they couldn't they couldn't get a single turnover. Like yeah. to me, yeah. 
if your your defense honestly should be getting you one turnover every game. Like you should in the NFL, you should be able to count on your team getting your defense giving you a turnover every game. Now, if the offense like Cincinnati had two turnovers on Sunday, which is killer. When you lose the turnover differential 2 to 0, that's a tough day. Yeah, it's just you should be able to take the ball away, especially cuz San Francisco, they are negative 2 in the turnover differential. Yeah. This is a team that they like to give the ball away. They have 18 total giveaways this year. The Bengals have 21 total giveaways this year. But I mean, this is not a team that's like really efficient with the ball. They're not they're not like the Packers or the Cardinals or the Vikings or the Seahawks. That was a weird one to throw in there. Yeah. Um, who are really efficient at not giving the ball away. They're one of the one of the worst team worse not worst, but one of the worst teams um in terms of, of giving the ball away. But I don't know. You just you gotta you gotta take the ball away from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how I feel. It's like yeah, that, I that agree. dude is too pretty to not make mistakes. I agree. On a football field. Under review. I mean reluctantly, because it's like, I mean it's the NFL, and anything can happen, and very few things surprise me anymore. Yeah, but, I That's mean, what happened. big game. Both teams need to win. You're playing at home. Um, you should have home field advantage. You should have a stadium full of fans cheering you on, and, and you crumble like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely definitely a worthy pick. Well, what do we have as our legit or counterfeit this week? Oh, yes. Legit or counterfeit. I thought, I forgot that was me for a second. Uh, <laughs> legit or counterfeit this week. Uh, I have an interesting question for you. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it the way I want to phrase it. For Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland was the problem, not the other way around. That it was Cleveland was the problem, not Odell. Legit. Or counterfeit. Now, let me tell you this. Let me give you some numbers to crunch behind this. So far, Odell has 202 receiving yards in his four games with the Rams, which is 30 yards less than the seven games he had in Cleveland this year. He was only healthy and active for seven games this year in Cleveland. He had 232 yards in Cleveland. He has 202 yards in L.A. He had zero touchdowns. In Cleveland. Zero. And he has three in LA in four games. And his targets, he's been targeted 25 times already in LA, and he was only targeted 34 times in his entire time in Cleveland this year. Obviously, these are just stats from this year, not not including last year. Right. So, legit or counterfeit, Cleveland was the problem, not Odell. I almost want to say legit and counterfeit. Like <laughs> that's against the rules. Like I do I do feel like this is kind of a win-win for both parties. I've spoke before about how statistically Baker Mayfield has been a better quarterback with out Odell Beckham Jr. and I think that it's clear that Odell is getting along with Stafford out in LA and things are going great. Uh, I do wonder. I do wonder if his production would look different if there was a healthy Robert Woods, because going into that trade, in my opinion, he was going he was going to L.A. to be the number three because Cooper Cup 
Robert Woods already had established chemistry with Stafford. They both were killing it this year. Uh, but then, obviously, Robert Woods, I think he blew out his Achilles. Is that what it was? I'm not sure. I don't some remember. Kind of, yeah. Some he's kind of season, season, ending. Yeah, season ending. So he's he's yep. gone. Um, and, and obviously, Odell slides into the number two spot. And Van Jefferson, number three, um, who, who also is not a bum. He looks great. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't no slouch. Um so I I just wonder I just wonder what what his his production would look like and also if LA had a run game. I I, I wonder that too, but Maybe. man, it's tough because Cleveland didn't look terrible on Sunday. They looked they looked the offense looked solid. I don't want to say good necessarily, but solid. They looked better than they had in the last couple of games. I think the bye week helped a lot with Baker. Baker looked more comfortable out there. He didn't look in as much pain. I'm sure there's still some pain. But I think that's another part another part of this year and, and the lack of production for, for Odell. I think I'm going to say, all right, so repeat the question one, one more time for me so I know which way. Legit or counterfeit, Cleveland was the problem, not Odell. I'm going to say legit. And I think the I think my reasoning is that Odell had a lot of injury problems in Cleveland. He missed he's missed a lot of games. Not just I mean he had games this year that he missed, and then he had games, a lot of games last year, and a good few the the first year he was there too. I think that hurts you from from being able to build chemistry with your quarterback. Uh, I think yeah. I think that Baker and Odell both have huge egos. And I think that if you have two guys that have huge egos, it can be difficult to get on the same page with each other and put, and put your differences aside. I think Odell's ego and attitude potentially could have been causing some some problems in the locker room. Yeah. And I don't know if Odell was ever in, I don't want to say he wasn't in the good graces, but maybe not in the best graces of uh, Stefanski and the coaching staff there. It, there's uh, There's a bit of a history with how he is off the field com- compared some to Antonio Brown being a little bit of a diva whatnot um what a wide receiver being a diva? <laughs> no way yeah the, the position Not those guys yeah no no history there of divas at, at wide receiver so I think I, I'll I'll say legit I think I think that what Odell needed more more than anything was like a new start some somewhere else new, which we said the same thing when he left New York. That oh, Odell just needs a new place to go, and we thought Cleveland would be great because it's a quiet place. It's not you know, it's, it's a smaller town. You're not in the spotlight like you are in New York, and I think that that didn't work out for him either. And he just needed an, another fresh start. And I think that three years from now we could probably be talking about the same thing in L.A. with Odell. That oh, he just needs a, a fresh start again, um, but. I think it's worked out really well for both parties, and I'll say legit. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's kind of a, a Randy Moss type situation. You remember Randy Moss? He played maybe some of his best football, probably his best football in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and he spends a year or two, uh, I believe it was two years, with the Raiders. And he kind of was looking like a like a shell of himself until he went and was paired up with a veteran quarterback in Mr. Thomas Thomas Brady. Yeah, uh, I don't know if his real name is Thomas. I don't really care. It probably uh, is. <laughs> prob- probably. Let's call him Thomas from now on. I'm googling it. Thomas Brady, and you know, has you know a a, a kick start to his career. And I'm wondering if that's what we're seeing with Odell 
is kind of a you know a, a restart with a veteran quarterback. I literally misspelled Tom Brady when I just googled it. That's how bad <laughs> it is. It's Tom Wer- Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Oh, this man. man has too many names. Yeah, that's a mouthful. Yeah, I mean wow. it, it could Thomas? it could be that it could be that Baker is still a young quarterback. I don't want to say that Odell's the kind of guy that maybe doesn't respect Baker. But it could be, as as a young quarterback, it might be difficult for you to, to fully win over a locker room, fully gain the respect of, of your peers. And maybe that could have been part of the problem. And Stafford, you know, a guy that's been in the league for, for over a decade now. Eli, when Eli was in New York, when Odell first got there, a guy that's been in the league for over a decade. Like, these are established guys. And maybe Baker just didn't quite have that level of... Uh, respect from Odell, and that could have been contributing too. I don't know. There's a multitude of things they could have been. Yeah, I think that there's there's guys that want to be in the spotlight, and they like the attention, and they want the the accolades. And I think that having one guy on on your team that's like that is fine. Um, but then when you start to rack up the number of of guys that you have like that on your team. It's probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, it's the same reason. Uh, I don't know if you know this. This is a, a little fun fact, a bit of trivia for you. But stand-up comedians generally don't get along with each other. Yeah, I've uh, heard I that. I know this as a, as a person who likes to be the funniest person in the room. Uh, I don't like when somebody else is funnier than me. <laughs> I don't like it. I When somebody else is making everybody else in the room laugh more than me, I, there's a little bit of this like... Okay, uh, I don't, I don't really know what to do with this situation, but I know that I for sure don't like you, um, and so I wonder how much of that is the same situation that it's like, uh, excuse me, I'm yeah. supposed to be the star here. I don't know what you think you're doing, um, and even if it's even if it's not a necessarily leadership thing, but just a attention thing, yeah, um, that it's like uh, I'm supposed to be the one who's the star here and you're coming in and, and outshining me and I do not like it. Um, so again, I'm not trying to project this on these, these guys. I'm not sure if that's the truth, but uh, just speculation that it's something that could have happened. And it doesn't seem like they have that in LA with anybody. Uh, Aaron Donald seems like a pretty quiet guy as far as like attention in the, in the public media and maybe Jalen Ramsey. That's, but. that's who I was going to say is potentially Jalen, but it also helps out when those, if you, if you have more than one guy like that, if they're on opposite sides of the ball to where like, maybe yeah, like Jalen, not to say that, that defensive players don't interact with offensive players, but when it comes to playing and wanting the spotlight, like those two guys aren't fighting for the spotlight on the field because right. they're not playing next to each other. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to say, I'm going to say legit as well. I think that the problem was, you know, when we when we did that numbers dive on Baker Mayfield, it really opened my eyes to kind of what what he has slid into as a quarterback of this really maybe more of a liability than a positivity. And so, you know, I, I'm starting to wonder if Baker Mayfield, like many of the people in Cleveland, I'm starting to wonder if Baker Mayfield is the solution. But that would be that would be sad to see Baker kind of fade away this quickly uh, but might be what we're looking at if he doesn't end up with in another situation with another coach and maybe yeah i don't know i just i I, don't know. I want to i still want to give him the benefit of the doubt i think that we've talked about the numbers before with him without odell there 
I think now that Odell's gone, let's see how he looks down the stretch here. Let's go into next because they're going to pick up his option for next year, you know, regardless. Right. I think let's go into next year, see how he looks when when hopefully, hopefully he's fully healthy, no more shoulder issue. Hopefully that gets resolved over the offseason. And let's see how he looks starting next year. And I, I would say we should have a good idea within four to five weeks. If he's playing healthy and he's going in there, there's no more Odell distraction, none of that. Within four to five weeks, we should know, okay, we have a quarterback here in Cleveland that can lead this team, or, hey, we have a problem here. We need to, we need to start looking towards the future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going right, to do man. it. That's going to do it for this first episode of the whoa, week. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's not. Come on, no, it's man. Not. It's not. What, what do we got? What do we got? What am I missing? We got to pick the Thursday oh, game. Thursday game. Thursday game. How how did I forget about Thursday Come game? Come on, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, that's what I'm here for. I'm really just here to serve as a reminder and yeah. uh, and a beacon of hope. When you look at how bad we are at picking football games, you can be like, at least I'm not as bad as Blake. I feel like I'm a genius when it comes to to picks. So I can't believe uh, I forgot that's, that's about really this. That's really what I'm here for. I can't believe I forgot about this game either because this, this is actually a good Thursday night game. Yeah. This so is, yeah, you you do your, you do your little intro. I like your little intros. Prime time on Thursday. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the hot hot Kansas City Chiefs, going out to SoFi Stadium to face the Los Angeles Chargers. Currently, Chiefs three-point favorites. Uh, this is a big, big battle for the AFC West. The Chargers currently sit a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs in that division, could tie them, uh, and I don't know how the tiebreakers work, but they could slide into the uh, the, the division lead there. Uh, first first one is head-to-head. Mm, did the Chargers beat them earlier in the year? Maybe. I believe so. So if it's one-to-one, then the next one goes to similar opponents and who beat the most of the right. opponent, opponents that are in common regardless you're welcome a, for knowing a, these random yeah tidbits it's a huge game for both these teams uh i think it's going to be an electric atmosphere out there in SoFi. who do you got man uh i think we you know we've talked on this show and and uh if you if you watch us on twitter i have argued a decent amount about this uh this chief's defense um, because, you know, people are, are touting them as like, oh man, they're the second best defense in the league. But as we talked about a couple weeks ago, they've played like the Eagles and the Jets and the Cowboys without, uh, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. And it's like, okay, sure. Like they're one of the best defenses in the league over the past few weeks, but they've played some of the worst offenses. Right. That's not the case this week. This is the week that we get to find out. We will yep. finally get to see. Right now, the Chargers are the uh, one, two, three, four, five, sixth best offense in the NFL. This is the team that puts up the sixth most yards of anybody in the league. So yep. we will see if the Chiefs have what it takes on defense. Uh, I'm I'm still not convinced that this is a, a a top a top five defense in the league like they've looked uh, since what was it week eight week eleven I don't remember what it is what the stat when the stat starts I think it's week eight but I do have them in this game uh, I am gonna I'm gonna 
side with the Chiefs and and give them the benefit of the doubt and say, you know what, this defense, you know, you shut down the Raiders, which is not like that impressive, but that's what you're supposed to do. Like if you've got a good defense, you hold the Raiders to nine points. That's what you're supposed to do. So I think this is the first real test that this rate this this Chiefs defense will have. Um, but I, I think that the Chiefs I think the Chiefs win this game if that defense is what it what it is, you know, proclaimed to be. And if not, the Chargers absolutely win this game. If this Chiefs if this Chiefs defense has all been a big charade, uh, then we will find out pretty quickly and they could they might get blown out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is I think that all the talk around the Kansas City Chiefs defense is warranted. This is the first time since 1997 that, that they've allowed fewer than 10 points in three straight games. That's a big thing. You, I don't care who you're playing in the NFL. If you allow them, if you yes. allow less than 10 points, that's huge. I don't yeah. care if you're playing the New York Jets or the Green Bay Packers. That's huge for a defense. But I do think that we should remind ourselves that it's been against the Raiders, Broncos, and the Cowboys. Broncos and Raiders offense not prolific, and the Cow- Packers without Aaron Rodgers. Right, that that That's was another that one was a couple weeks back. But yeah, the three the three weeks in a row, four out of the oh, last okay, five, gotcha, they gotcha. allowed less than ten. Yeah, uh, but I also have the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs currently look like the better team. The defense has has looked great, albeit against subpar teams, and the offense is absolutely clicking on all cylinders. Like 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 the Chiefs offense that, that we've expected to see. Especially I mean on Sunday they looked great. The couple right. weeks before that they they've been tr- yeah. finding their groove, but Sunday they looked great. They can carry that in against the Chargers. I think it will be a, a good show. But I'm with you. I think this is this is a test for that uh Chiefs defense. Justin Herbert is top three in touchdowns in the league. He has thirty. I think he's top five in yards with 3,800 yards. He's he's fourth in the league. He's in like the top five or six in passer rating. Also, he's he's having a really really good season. I think that that if the Chiefs defense stumbles a little bit, it could very quickly become a a close game and sw- could could potentially swing uh, very far into into the Chargers' favor, especially with it being at home in LA for 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 the Chargers. Yeah, but. I'm going with the Chiefs. We, you've got the Chiefs also. It's another one we agree on. Another one we get, and we we get the agreeance. Uh, also, if uh, you know you're listening to this on on, on Wednesday, uh, you reminder that we have Saturday NFL football. Saturday, Saturday. So we'll we'll obviously make those picks in the next episode. But uh, I'm pretty pumped and some some fantastic uh, games on Saturday. Uh, well, a fantastic game on Saturday. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. So, uh, make sure you, you check out the next episode of the podcast where you can hear our picks on this week's games. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that is our, our week 14 review. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I say it every week, but I do truly mean it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this, this ride, this season, first season doing it. Uh, we've we both very much enjoyed it. And we're we're glad to have you have you with us. We hope you stick around, keep listening. We hope that you yeah. join us on Friday for our preview episode. And if you can find a way to to throw some suggestions our way, let us know what you think of this this two part ordeal. That'd be great. We have 
a Twitter now that Blake runs at Booth Review underscore pod, Facebook.com slash Booth Review pod, Twitch, come hang out, watch us record the, the podcast, and eventually get into some gaming. And we do have a Discord now. You can find the information for that on our Facebook and Twitter. I don't know if we've actually released that yet on either one of those, but we'll do that. Um, yeah. And as always, I think that's that. Well, that's Tata for actually, now. Actually, actually, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. Ta-ta. You're you're on top of it, and I'm not. Listen, man, I'm I'm on top of the the two parter. Tata for now. Tata for now.